had already agreed to come. And so God gave the world, gave mankind another chance on credit because Jesus was going to come. So all those thousands of years before Jesus ever showed up in the mind of God, it was already done. That's giving. That's loving. Go, going to the furthest extent, whatever it takes. Amen. Do, do you understand that? What, whatever I need to do is what I'm going to do, and it will involve giving of myself. And so there's going to be times that you've got to overlook things in the church. There's, uh, I've told you the New Testament focus is more on you not, not being an offense than you not being offended. It says, by love, serve one another. Amen. Paul said, I exercise my conscience, right, to have a conscience free of offense to all men, to the Jews, to the Greeks, and the church of God. Amen. In other words, my, my job, my intent is to never be offensive to you. Amen. The, those wonderful words, forgive me, they are wonderful words. Amen. Hallelujah. Say it out loud. Say, love is giving. Now, 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 the reason why this is so important is because this is where we learn this. This is love school. Amen. Tonight, you're in love school. And, 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 and we're learning that love is giving. Now, that affects every area of our life. That affects how you respond on the highway. Amen. You know, one time I was working on that. I, I was working on, you know, getting upset on the highway. Right? You know, being tempted to tell people they're number one. I, I know you may not, not have ever done that. You're just like this. Hey, choose one. Right? But, but, the, but, the, but, but the point is, is you, know, uh, uh, you, know how, you know how some people talk. You don't, but you know how some people do. What's your problem? Come on, bozo. Can't you drive? You know, driver, pull over. Well, I'm working on that, and I'm working on that. And, and, and I'm at, at an intersection one time, and, uh, and, uh, and uh, somebody, somebody came up behind me, and, uh, and, and I, couldn't, I, couldn't, I couldn't move where I wanted to move. And I'm working on this, right? I'm working on it. And, boy, I wanted to say something. And, and I looked up, and it was an individual from my church. I thought, praise the Lord, I'm growing. Amen. Hallelujah. But that, that, that'll help us because, because when I'm not, I, when I don't have to, to have that perfect spot, when that person's getting on the highway and I'm okay with backing off and letting them get on, you know, and, and amen. You say, well, what's that got to do with anything? Because it shows we're giving. It's my mindset. Amen. He tells them to love one another by serving. The law, the Mosaic law, the Ten Commandments, stands fulfilled in one statement. Love your neighbor as yourself. That's it. Brother Hagin made a statement years ago that imprinted my spirit. And he said, if you'll learn to walk in love, you won't ever have to worry about breaking the Ten Commandments. Because you're walking in love. And, and I won't take the time to go through all those, but if I love you, I won't lie to you. 
If I love you, I won't steal from you. Amen. And that's why it should never cross a believer's mind that somebody's lying to them. Another believer. Because we're walking in love. Amen. That's why it should never cross our mind to lie to another believer. Or shade the truth. Or not tell the whole truth. People say, well, I told a half truth. You told a whole lie. Half truth's a whole lie. Amen. Hallelujah. But if I'm walking in love, I'm not going to covet your stuff. A guy came up to Pastor Caldwell one time and, and said, whoa, I like that tie, and grabbed his tie and said, I claim that tie in Jesus' name. He said, what did Pastor do? He said, you can't claim my tie. It's my tie. I want to keep my tie. If I had it out here to give away, you could claim it, but you can't claim it. It's mine. Amen. Well, it's in love you don't covet. So the point is Paul says that it stands fulfilled in one statement. Then he says, but if you bite and devour one another. Bite and devour carries the image of wild animals preying on each other. And engaging in a deadly struggle. Amen. Bite is to, to wound the soul. To wound the soul. The, one of the words is thwart. T-H-W-A-R-T. Thwart. And thwart means to impede the progress of somebody. You're thwarting their progress. Amen. And devour is to squander or to waste or to ruin. Wow. Amen. Any time, anyone, that anything that bites or devours, anything that wounds, anything that squanders relationships that we have with other believers has to be put away from us. Amen. Because it squanders it. It thwarts their progress. Amen. And then he said, notice, he said, this I say then, walk in the Spirit. Walk in the Spirit. Walking in love is walking in the Spirit. And walking in the Spirit is walking in love. You can't separate them. If you're walking in the Spirit, you're walking in love. If you're walking in love, you're walking in the Spirit. Because, because that, the Holy Spirit is the one, according to Romans 5, 5, that brought the love of God into our hearts. Amen. He, he shed the love of God abroad in our hearts. And so anything that wounds, anything that squanders. I have to be careful what I say. I have, I have to watch what I say. Remember, people say, well, I just told them the truth. Was it in love? Was it from a motive of love? Amen. So walking in the Spirit is walking in love, and walking in love is walking in the Spirit. So he says, walk in the Spirit. How? Why? That's how you avoid this. That's how you avoid this biting and devouring. Amen. Hallelujah. The 20th century New Testament says, continually wounding and praying upon each other. He says, don't, don't, don't do that. And you know, some of us, that seems foreign. But it's, it's good to get it in my spirit because the opportunity will always show up. Amen. I, I used to want everybody to be like me. 
I mean, what a wonderful world it would be. That's what we think. But it'd be a boring world because everybody would be like you. Amen. Well, diversity is what makes the church of God so beautiful. And I don't mean diversity like the world talks about it. I mean different personalities, different anointings, different callings, different, different bents. Everybody's not going to be like you. Everybody's not going to see things like you. Amen. It makes no sense to me why you wouldn't be 30 minutes early everywhere you go. <laughs> Again, it gets quiet. I understand. That, that's me. I'm, I'm, I'm early. Amen. My wife has just adapted to me. She knows it only takes us 10 minutes to get somewhere, but I want to leave 25 minutes early. And so I'm always there early. And I always tell her we always get a good seat. Amen. But everybody's not like that. And if you're not like that, bless your darling heart. I, I understand. Amen. Hallelujah. We got seats reserved for you in the back. But the point is, the, the, the point is, love does not expect everyone to become like them. Love serves one another. Now, if it becomes a problem if you're an employee and you keep showing up late. Right now we got a problem because that's not a spiritual issue. That's, that's a money issue. Amen. 1 Corinthians 11. 1 Corinthians 11 verse 20. Paul is writing to the church at Corinth here. And he says, when you come together, therefore in the one place... This is not to eat the Lord's Supper, for in eating everyone taketh before other his own supper, and one is hungry, and another is drunk. What, have you not houses to eat or drink in? Or notice this phrase. Or do you despise the church of God, and shame them that have not? What shall I say to you? Shall I praise you in this? I praise you not. The Weiss Bible says, one indeed is hungry, another is intoxicated. Do you not have houses for the eating and the drinking or the church of God? Are you despising and are you making those ashamed who do not have means to buy food? What shall I say to you? Shall I praise you? In this I praise you not. Now, the bottom line is Paul's saying this. He's saying, y'all are coming together for these dinners. And he said, we got two guys sitting here at the table. One doesn't have money to have any food at all. And the other guy's drunk. So he says, the guy that's drunk doesn't care about his brother. And he says you're bringing despite, you're bringing shame to the body of Christ, to the church. Why? Because you're not loving your brother like you should. You should care what your brother thinks. You should care that he doesn't have what he needs. Remember what James said? He said you have respect of persons. <clears throat> He said, because there one guy will come in in nice clothing with a gold ring, and you'll say, here, come here, sit on the front row. And then a poor guy will come in, you'll say, here, come here and sit under my footstool. Amen. Now, 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 now what's he saying? He's saying, you should not be so uncaring to your brother. Amen. 1 John 3, 14, you'll remember what it says? It said, by this we know that we have passed from death to life. How do we know? In that we love the brethren. He said, that's the evidence that you've really been born again. 
is you're walking in love with your fellow believer. Amen. Love is the evidence. And uh, so Paul's saying here, there's not a lot of evidence, guys. He condemns the attitude of, of, of the members that are better off towards the poorer members. And he says those that had more than enough were flaunting it in the face of those that had nothing. Now, I realize in, in any church you have, you're going to have a different demographic. Demographic, You're going to have people from all economic uh, scales. But the, the point is, is that, is that I'm walking in love with it. Amen. Am I helping you? I, uh, I was talking to my pastor one time years ago. This would have been 2012, I guess. And we were, we were at a restaurant talking, and uh, we were talking about prosperity and uh, uh, prosperity in a man of God's life. And he made the statement to me. He said, you know, I've got friends, and, and he named a couple people, and if I named them, you'd know them. And he said, you know, they, they're pastors, and they both drive Rolls Royces. And he said, but, you know, one of them's from a city of about 12 million people, and the other one's from a city of about 5 million, you know, 6 million. And he said, uh, you know, the Lord told me, he said, uh, if you drove a Rolls Royce in Little Rock, it would drive people away from your church. Now, does God have problems with Rolls Royce? Nope, not one, not one problem. But here it wouldn't fit. Number one, that's what God said. And you might think, well, I wouldn't care if you drove a Rolls Royce. Well, I understand, but there would be people that, that do. Amen. And you just can't adopt the attitude, well, I don't care what they think. I can quote this scripture, you know, Paul said, therefore, if meat causes my brother to be offended, I will eat no meat as long as the earth stands. Amen. And it's not that you're under the thumb of people. There, there are going to be people that get upset over whatever you do. They'll get upset over you not giving to the poor, and they haven't given a lick to the poor. The poor they're talking about is them. They want you to bless them. Hallelujah. So they're, they're, they're going to get upset. I love to see people pull in our parking lot in Mercedes. Amen. I, I, I love BMWs coming in the, in the park. What we're preaching is working. Amen. But, but, but here's, here's the point that I'm making is there's nothing wrong with that. But Paul says when you start fawning it and you know your brother doesn't have what he needs and you're sitting there with more than enough and you won't help him, we got a problem. Amen. Do you see that? Hallelujah. That, that, that's so important. So Paul said this type of attitude was causing actually a disgrace to the church. The Living Bible says, can't you do your eating and drinking at home to avoid disgracing the church? I talked about that in the first or the second message, that, that the way our love walk is reflects on the church we go to and the body of Christ as a whole. Amen. Do, do you see that? And Paul says what you're doing is you're bringing a disgrace to the church. And the point here is, is think about how something affects your brother. All of us, in some level or another, are our brother's keeper. Everybody. You know, we don't, we don't want to be like Cain. Well, am I my brother's keeper? Well, I can't fix everything for him, 
But I, I, I need to be cognizant, right, of, of what's being said, of what I'm doing, of how I'm conducting my life. Amen. You know, uh, just as a pastor, as, as a pastor, when I go out into the community, the, I, I don't dress certain ways. I mean, I, I, don't, I don't go out in my lawn mowing clothes. People say, well, why? I'm representing you. I don't, I don't want to run into you at the, at the grocery store or the department store in, in my old scruffy clothes and you got somebody that you've been trying to get to come to church and you say, oh, well, here's our pastor now. I don't, I don't want that. Amen. Well it, well, it shouldn't matter. It does. It does matter. Amen. If you've ever come up to somebody and said, hey, brother, how you doing? They went, hi, hallelujah. And you went, oh. It matters. It matters. Amen. You're, the only thing you're thinking is, here go a mint. God bless you. I got, a whole, I got a whole roll. Here you go. It matters. And, 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 and Paul said you have to be cognizant of that. So he's not saying to be ashamed of what you have or ashamed of your prosperity or your ability to have certain things. He's saying be conscious of how your actions affect your brother. Be conscious of that. Uh, James 2 and 8. Uh, James wrote and he said that if you walk in love, you fulfill, if you fulfill the royal law, you do well. One translation says your calling is to fulfill the royal law of love. So we're called to love. The Greek says if you really fulfill the royal law. You're doing the right thing. Amen. And that's not saying you, you need to be ashamed of something or, or not wear something or something of that nature because of what someone may think. Look, if God's blessed you, wear it. And that's just how it is. But here's, here's, here's the point. Is I, is I have to be careful to not make somebody else feel less than because of what God's done for me. Amen. Hallelujah. So the point is think about how it affects your brother. Look at Romans 14. Romans 14. I remember one time I was at a Raymond camp meeting and I was sitting there and I was sitting in the, in the minister's section, but I didn't, I didn't dress up or wear a suit or anything. I, I had on some nice slacks and a polo shirt and I was just sitting there enjoying the meetings and uh, uh, a young man, Ramah student, if I remember correctly, uh, or uh, was going to be a Ramah student, he sat down beside me and he had a suit on and, and uh, I, I don't mean this bad, but, but you know, when you wear enough suits, you can tell a good one and a bad one. And uh, I could tell he had a bad one. You know, it, 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 it wasn't something that, that, you know, cost him much. And that, that didn't bother me. I mean, I, I've been there, right? Remember, I wore the 75-cent Salvation Army suit. That, that was me. And, uh, but the point is, he also had all this fake gold, you know, gold bracelet and gold rings, you know, that, what they call that uh, Black Hills-style gold, you know, real gaudy. And, uh, and, and all the, the, the paint was coming off, so you could see the metal underneath it. It wasn't even gold plate. It was paint. And, uh, and he was sitting there, and I'll never forget, boy, he, he did his arms like this, and those bracelets were there, and 
Is that what they call men's things that they wear bracelets? I guess. And 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 watch and whatnot and had a ring on his pinky and 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 uh, he looked at me and looked me up and down. I said, "How you doing?" He said, uh, "I believe in prosperity." I went, "Well, praise God, brother. God bless you. Amen." I mean, the shoes I had on cost more than everything he had. You know, but the, the, the point is, I learned a long time ago. The Bible makes this statement, and, and I know it can. My, my, my point is, is, is he doesn't care. He didn't care who it may offend or who it may bother, right? It's just, look, look at me. Love never vaunts itself. 1 Corinthians 13 says, love does not make much of itself. Amen. That, that's why, remember what Jesus said? He said, when you're invited somewhere, he said, don't go and sit on the front row because they'll come and tell you that's not your seat. Come and sit on the back row and, and you'll be put to shame in front of everybody. He said, just go sit on the back row and then they'll bring you to the front in front of everybody. Amen. It's important because of the way it makes people think and feel. Uh, Romans 14, verse 15. If your brother be grieved with your meat, now you do not walk charitably or you're not walking in love. Destroy not him with your meat for whom Christ died. Now think about that for a moment. We're, we're, we're dealing with two different believers here. A mature believer and an immature believer. And the mature believer understands that the things that were offered in, in, in the pagan temple, they were not offered to a god. That's what Paul said. They weren't offered to a god. Those are not gods. They weren't offered to a god. Well, what they would do is offer that meat and then take it round back behind the temple and sell it. And people would come buy it and eat it. And we got two believers here. One believer knows that there's nothing wrong with eating that meat. Amen. People say, well, there is something wrong. It was offered to a God. Paul said they're not gods. They're, they're not gods. That's what Paul said. Amen. And he said, but here's the problem. He said, now we got an immature believer that knows the meat that you bought was offered to these false gods. And he don't understand. And he said, if you eat that meat, you'll destroy him. Boy, that's powerful. Amen. That's powerful. Hallelujah. Destroy. It's used, this is the importance of this word. It's used frequently in the New Testament of sinners perishing without salvation. So we're not talking about a weak brother having his reputation ruined or his life wasted in this world. We're talking about somebody that can perish. I can drive him away from the faith. I shudder sometimes when I hear the movies that believers Talk about they went and saw. I shudder. And I think, okay, note to self, don't put new believers under their care because there will be a problem. I've had people tell me before, yeah, I went and saw the movies real good. They only used the Lord's name once. Just once. They only damned God one time. And I know I'm, I'm, I'm already accused of being old-fashioned. Old 
Amen. But, but, but the point is, I've got to watch that. I was, I was, <laughs> I was driving home one night from, uh, from uh, FBI May in Kansas, and, and, and when you drive down the, the road there, 83rd Street, there's a bar. It's, it's actually a grilling bar. I don't go in it because the biggest part of it's a bar. And they have this big plate glass window, and you can see people sitting at the bar. And I drove by, and, and, I, and I looked, and I had to do a double take, and I thought, that's, I thought that was a couple from our church. And uh, people say, well, what would you do? Well, I stopped and slowed down, turned around, and went back in the parking lot. And, uh, and I looked, and, and looked just like them, but it wasn't them, thank goodness. And uh, I, I talked to them the, 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 the next time I saw them, and I said, yeah, I was driving by uh, JT's down there, and I said, I, I thought I saw you all sitting at the bar. And I turned around and came back to check. And they said, well, what would you have done if it had been us? I said, you'd have found out. <laughs> because, because you're a leader in my church. I'd have come in the bar and asked you, what are you doing in there? Amen. Well, there's nothing wrong with a little sip. Oh, yes, there is. According to this, there is. Listen, you're not going to sip and work here. We are not sipping saints. Amen. The Bible, the Bible says wine is a mockery. Isn't that right? Amen. Well, well, I believe it's okay. Well, you just go right ahead. But uh, we'll leave that there. Hallelujah. And, 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 and you know, I had to learn that. Because that could cause someone to perish. That could irreparably harm somebody's walk with God. It, it could cause people to abandon the faith. And walk away from the faith. Amen. Well, I, I don't see any problem with it. Well, Paul said if you've got faith that there's nothing wrong with it, have it to yourself. Right? Let's read this on. Am I helping you all with this? For let, let, no, notice, let not then your good be evil spoken of. So in other words, what you're doing, there's nothing wrong with it. But don't let anybody be able to speak evil of it. Amen. When, uh, for instance, Pastor Michelle and I have family that are part of the holiness denomination. And, uh, you know, if you've ever been around holiness people, well, they don't cut their hair. They don't wear makeup. Uh, I mean, they, they really dress down. And they don't wear jewelry. Even the men don't wear wedding rings. And if, if you go to a holiness wedding ceremony, they don't exchange rings. They exchange Bibles. And, and, and that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that in, in the sense of sinful. But here's my point. When we go to visit them, my wife dresses down. She doesn't wear earrings. She doesn't wear jewelry, not even wedding bands. And people say, well, 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 you know, why would she do that? So we don't offend nobody. And every time we've been around those people, they're so gracious. Why? Because they see that we don't want to offend them. You know, she can't do anything about her hair. You know, they got hair all the way down the floor. Makes no sense to me. They talk about not cutting their hair, but then they all put it up in a tight knot and, and they all walk around with short hair. It, it doesn't make sense. <laughs> now, I don't say that to them because it would offend them. Do, do you see what I'm saying? Now, here's, here's what I mean. If I, as your pastor, will do that, that's the precedent. If we can be known in this city as a church that loves people, 
where people are safe, people will show up because that people know when you love them. Amen. Hallelujah. Let, let me hurry. For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. For he that in these things serveth Christ is acceptable to God and approved of men. Let us therefore follow after the things that make for peace. And wherewith one may edify one another. Do, do, do you remember uh, in Ephesians 4? It said for the uh, edifying of the body of Christ. And notice what he says. Let us follow after things that make for peace. We're, we're peacemakers. Hallelujah. Amen. I remember one time I was talking to a young man that had planted a church uh, for us. And uh, he was in my office and he was upset about something and, and uh, he'd gotten mad at me. Now, believe that or not, but he'd gotten mad at me and, uh, 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 for something. And uh, he, was just, he was just venting. And, you know, I thought about what I could say. And finally, I just, I held my hands up and I called his name and I said, you know what? You're right. Forgive me. I'm sorry. I said, I, evidently, I missed it there. I, I, and I hadn't missed it. Now, I say that not pridefully. What I'd said to him was right. But the Bible says follow after peace. What's going to make peace? Well, you know, he eventually came to see it the way it should have been seen. But he wouldn't have seen it if we hadn't followed after peace. In our marriages, if we'll follow after peace, what is going to make peace? What's going to produce peace? Amen. Yeah, but they, they like to leave the nightlight on. Well, is it that big of a deal? Yeah, but, you know, it's right in my face. Well, turn it over. I mean, well, they're a night owl and I'm an early bird. Well, you go to bed early and get up early and they'll go to bed late and get up late. Just, 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 just sort the chores out. They can do the late chores and you do the early chores. I know people think that it's, it can't be that easy. It, it, it is that easy. Amen. You know, and, and, and I, I hate to admit to this, but when we first got married, uh, I'm, I'm an early bird. Uh, I taught, I, we're, we're all early birds, really, now. Uh, very, very often, if you come to our house at 845, you're too late. We're asleep. I mean, it's just, that's just, that's, we, we got a lot to do every day. We got to get sleep. And uh, uh, not all the time, but, but there's times we rejoice. Lily goes to bed at 830 and we're happy because it's, it's time to go to bed. Amen. And, but here's the point. When we first got married, I was an early bird. And, you know, back then I thought I didn't need much sleep. So I'd stay up till midnight and get up at four to go to work. And, uh, you know, I'd get up and I figured she needed to be up. I'm up. Right? So I'd stomp around, turn on the light, poof. oh, I'm sorry, lie, just lie like a dog, lie, amen. And uh, one day, we got in an argument, and it wasn't just, an, it wasn't an argument, it was like a epic, I mean, it was a classic argument, you know, I mean, everybody hit the right pitch, and it was just... And, 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 and I won the argument. At least I thought I did. And man, I, was, I, I got in my car and went to the, the, the grocery store that I worked at at the time. I was, I was in the meat department. And I'm back there and, and I'm cutting chuck roast. And I'm thinking, boy, I'm going to tell her. I'm going to get home. I'm going to tell her again. And, 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 and I was there. I ran the place on Wednesdays by myself. 
And uh, all of a sudden, now people have asked me if I've ever heard the audible voice of God. I don't think so. But right there, I think I did. I mean, my toes heard it. And I heard, the, I heard these words, how dare you talk to my daughter that way? Man. He said, you would never talk to her that way in front of her earthly father, and you're not to talk to her that way in my presence anymore. I want you to know the next morning I didn't turn the lights on. People say, well, well, well that was extreme. God knew that there were things we needed to do, and it was going to take both of us to do it. I couldn't be doing what I'm doing today if I didn't have the relationship I have with my wife. It's impossible. She's my rock. You understand? It's impossible. Now, I'm, I'm telling you all this, so we do what makes for peace. It doesn't mean you don't stand up for what's right, and it doesn't mean that you let people walk on you, but your goal is peace. So that means that there might be people you got to put out of your life so you can have peace. There might be boundaries you got to put up so you can have peace. Hallelujah. Moving right along. And uh, he said, verse 20, For meat destroy not the work of God. All things are pure. Now notice talking about the meat. All things are pure, but it's evil for the man that eats with offense. It is evil, Paul says, to eat that meat knowing you're offending your brother. Amen. So we can say, we can say it any other way. It's, it's evil to do things that we know would offend someone. Hallelujah. Amen. He says it's good neither to eat flesh or drink wine or anything whereby your brother stumbles or is offended or is made weak. So what I do can weaken my brother's walk with God. Wow. And, and notice what he said. He said, it's good not to do that. Amen. Then he says, Have, hast thou faith? Have it to yourself before God. Happy is he that does not condemn himself in the thing that he allows. So, so that means my, living with a clear conscience is a beautiful thing. I'm glad I can stand before you tonight and know there's nothing between me and God and nothing between me and you. I'm not hiding anything from you, and you're not hiding anything from me. Isn't that wonderful? Amen. And, 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 and Paul, says, Paul says, you're happy when you don't condemn yourself in the thing that you allow. So we're pursuing peace. A peacemaker is a mature believer. If something causes our brother to stumble, we simply don't do it. Brother Hagen used to preach for brother and sister J.R. Goodwin. Uh, they, they pastored outside of Houston, Texas. He, he probably preached for them every year for close to 30 years. And uh, uh, they, were, they were the best of friends. But they didn't see eye to eye on some theological issues. And you know, that's okay. The Bible doesn't say our theology will ever be 100% eye to eye. But the, the, the point is, is this. Is, uh, Buddy Harrison uh, was uh, Brother Hagen's uh, office manager and crusade director at the time. And he was setting up the tape table, and he put out all these tapes, and Brother Hagin came by the tape table, and he looked at a series, and he said, Now, buddy, 
you know that Brother Goodwin doesn't see that the way I see it. And he said, yes. He said, get it off the table. Well, why? Why does it matter? I mean, I've never found anything I disagree with Brother Hagin about. I, I, he's, if not the most, one of the most sound Bible teachers ever heard in my life. I've never disagreed with him about anything. But here, here's, here's the point. Why did it matter? It was sound theologically. It was sound doctrinally. What, what it had to do with was Jesus going to hell and Jesus being separated from God. Jesus, Jesus and the Father being disconnected. Jesus going to hell and paying our price. And, and you know, there are people that don't believe that or maybe that exactly that way. But his mindset was, it's better just to pull it off the table than insist on my way. Amen. We should always think, how's that going to affect my brother? How's that going to affect them? Now, now, there are times, no matter what you do, people will have a problem. Right? I mean, it's just not going to matter. Uh, but I can do my best, right, to make... Because, because for instance, think about this. I'm, I'm going to close. Uh, I'm only five minutes over hour of power. But, uh, you know, when I was... Uh, I grew up in West Texas, bless its holy name. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, well, the, the, the national music of Texas was country. And, uh, you know, I, I, I grew up... My, my favorite singer growing up was George Strait. Oh, come on, King George. And uh, uh, just, that was me. Now, don't condemn me, okay? But uh, I'm just telling you, you know, I realized that, when, especially when I, when I was, was, got back with the Lord where I should have been, that listening to things like, all my exes live in Texas, wasn't very spiritually edifying. Right? I mean, he'd come on saying, is it that time again? Closing time, closing in. Are they turning off the lights? Must I go home? Because your memory is haunting me, waiting there to see I'm not alone. <laughs> Whew! I mean, you'll dance with the fence post. You know, it's, it's just... <laughs> Hallelujah. But, but the point is, I realized something. Now, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I can't have a good relationship with my spouse thinking about all my exes in Texas. That violates my covenant. You say, so what do you have to do? Well, I, I had to pick out some songs that talk about loving, you know, loving each other forever. Amen. Them are okay. Now, but here's the thing. You won't ever catch my radio station on country music. You won't catch me listening to country music. And people say, well, is it, is it sin? That's not the point. I don't want you to ever ride with me somewhere in my car, and I turn, I turn the, push the button, and the ignition comes on, and you hear, all oh, my exes live in Texas. And... Right? No more than we want to get in your car and hear, it's a brick. How? Right? We don't, we, don't, we don't want that. Don't want that. And people say, well, why? It might offend somebody. Amen. Yeah, but there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, it just brings back good memories. It's good neither to eat flesh or drink wine or anything whereby your brother stumbles or is offended or is made weak. 
if it weakens my brother. And I'll close with this. Because especially where young believers are concerned. If they see somebody doing something that that person's strong enough to handle, it might bring them into a place where they, they end up going back to something that God delivered them from because it was a trigger or it was, it, it was a door that opened. Amen. And there's a spirit on those things. That music that we used to listen to when we weren't living right and living for God, there's a spirit on it. It's, it there, there's, a, there's a demon attached to it. And uh, uh, we got to be careful with that. Amen. Did you get help tonight? I believe God. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, let's stand up tonight.